Welcome to Offstage and Unbound. I'm Rachel Moore, President and CEO of the Music Center in Los Angeles. In this episode, we'll speak with Robert Battle, Artistic Director of Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater, which returns to the Music Center April 3rd through April 7th in celebration of the company's 60th anniversary. It is an honor to welcome Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater back to the Music Center for this special occasion. Robert, welcome back to Los Angeles and to Offstage and Unbound. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Alvin Ailey Dance Theater is uh, returning to the Music Center on the occasion of its 60th anniversary. And 60 is quite a significant year, especially given that many arts organizations struggle. I'm wondering what you attribute the company's longevity to. Well, I think it's really about the spirit of the founder, Alvin Ailey. Uh, that he, first of all, started the company as a mission, not just in terms of dance itself, but almost in terms of social justice, that there wasn't the opportunities for black dancers that he saw on the concert dance stage or even to study dance. And, and so he wanted to do something about that. And so because the company started with roots, grounded in civil rights and, and the issues of the day that affect so many people, I think it gave the company a kind of purpose that went beyond entertainment, beyond even dance itself, beyond the steps. And also his accessibility, that his work had that kind of accessibility that for people who may have thought that modern dance wasn't for them, that they could find a home in, in being in the audience, seeing the company, because they could relate to what they were seeing on the stage. So that, that those ingredients, I think, are part of the reason that we're still thriving. And also that he started one of the first modern dance repertory companies, so that it wasn't just the choreography of Alvin Ailey, obviously, but it was a collective people that we still to this day bring in different choreographers so that you have different voices as a part of what we do. So it keeps it fresh in a way. And it's not just a reaction to the death of the founder, but it's a, a vision of the founder uh, himself. That's actually quite unusual because most sort of founder-driven organizations, they do struggle with the transition. And my understanding is that Mr. Ailey really didn't want this to be a simply a showcase for himself, that he was more sort of humble for a mission rather than himself. Yes, yes. absolutely. So did you ever get to meet Mr. Bailey? No, you know, I not that I would have met him when I was 17, <laughs> but I came, you know, not being pre presumptuous, but I only came to New York um, in 1990, and of course he died uh, in 1989. And so I never got the opportunity to meet him. It was interesting to me, reading some of your background, that you studied with Carolyn Adams, who was with Paul Taylor for many, many years. What do you see stylistically as similar or different between the two approaches? Well, you know, I think that, you know, it's hard to say because I don't know the, the history of Taylor Company in, in terms of why he started a company in the first mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. But I think that, that for me, well, Paul Taylor is a, a genius, you know, he's a, a genius choreographer, so that I feel that, that creating the company was really about, 
further developing his choreographic voice. Uh-huh. I feel for Alvin Ailey, that was a part of it, but, but also because of where he came from and the deficit that he saw for um, specifically black dancers, that, it, that it, it grew beyond his own work, but it was more, to me, about giving opportunity mm-hmm. to, of course, we said dancers, but to choreographers that needed a home for their work, to, to young people. I mean, the arts and education programs grew out of this mission very naturally. It wasn't just a right. buzzword to raise funds, but it, it was also a part writing some of those wrongs in terms of people who were marginalized and left out because of whatever reason. To me, uh, it being about this kind of deficit that he saw, I think went beyond his own choreography. His choreography, in a way, was the whole thing. You know, right, this whole right. ecosystem that he created was very much... So um, we are obviously very excited to have the company back, and you will be performing four distinct programs with new works and established works and several West Coast premieres, including Lazarus by Rennie Harris and Wayne McGregor's Karos. When you look at your dancers, clearly they have to wear many stylistic hats and uh, need to be adaptable to different approaches. When you're looking for a dancer or when you're training the dancers, how do you, you know, identify that skill or how do you nurture it? Yeah, I mean, in the audition process, which auditions, as we know, can sometimes be fruitful and sometimes they don't tell you anything. (laughs) Um, But we try hard to, to identify, I try to identify dancers that not only can dance well, that's obvious, and even not only that can do different styles, but that has the appetite of exploration, that the willingness to step outside of their sometimes comfort zone and adapt to different approaches and creative process. That's really important to me. So seeing, you know, somebody that's very rigid, you know, I know that that's not going, they're not going to be happy. Right. <laughs> Neither am I. And so trying to identify, yes, actually, more importantly, it's <laughs> trying to identify that person who just has this appetite for expanding their own physical language. I think it's very important because that will be authentic for the audience when you see that. And then trying to identify that dancer that not just wants to dance, but has to, that that's the only way that they can tell their story is really through movement. I mean, and that may seem obvious, but it is something that once you sort of get down to the final <laughs> group, that's the, the sometimes the, the thing that you're trying to identify most. Right, right. So... The company was founded in 1958, and Revelations came on the scene in 1960 and clearly remains a signature work. Can you talk about the impact of Revelations through the decades and why you think it's relevant today? Yeah. I mean, to put it bluntly, I don't know where we would be as a company without Revelations. Mm -hmm. It is one of the most seen and celebrated dances ever created. It is you know, a masterpiece. It is the signature work of the company and it continues to 
be the most important work for audiences come to see the company. Yes, you'll get occasional people say, oh, I want to see something different, or I've seen it, you know, but that's, that's far and few in between. That the impact is far and wide. I mean, when I took over the company, the, the timing coincided with a tour to Russia in 2011. And so I was still new to getting this sort of perspective from the company into the audience as opposed to just being in the audience, right? Right. And so I just remember there are some places that you go, you feel it's not about how many miles you're away from home. It's just, it feels so foreign to you, you know, sort of being in Russia. I'd never been, you know, the, the history, the language, the whatever, the politics. I mean, it was just all foreign to me. And but when Revelations came on, you would have thought that you were, you know, in a Baptist church somewhere huh. or wherever you grew up, the, the response was that same loving and excited response that I've seen all over the world. So that said something to me about Revelations and its genius and its ability to break down barriers, its ability to sort of speak where language falters. And that to me is why that work is so important. It makes people feel good. Right. You know, it makes you feel hopeful about the future. I mean, it's that moment in the theater where it's the, the fourth wall, that proverbial fourth wall is broken down and everybody's sort of one. It's really incredible. The, um, you obviously perform it quite a bit. You know, as, as, since I was a former dancer, I am appreciative of how hard it is sometimes to keep a piece fresh and try to draw out something special in each show. How do you work with the dancers to help them find something new every night? Well, part of that is that the dancers often do different roles. Mm. You know, so somebody might, you know, they dance in the piece, but somebody might be doing Fix Me Jesus tonight, and then, then that same person might be doing Sinner Man or wait in the water the next night and not that. You know, so that's part of it. And then there are different casts, obviously, because of that. So that helps. And then when new dancers are coming and going into roles, it, it affects the whole cast because we're trying to all bring that person into it. And so that's part of it. I mean, Masatsumi Chai, who's been the associate artistic director for many years and danced with the company and was Alvin Ailey's rehearsal assistant. So he really keeps it keeps it going and keeps them coming back to the roots of the work and also Matthew Rushing who's rehearsal mm. director and guest artist to do that leg work but I really think it is that the dancers understand the importance of the work and that drives them and also a lot of them most of them all of them saw that work probably in the beginning of their study in dance and probably had favorite people that they first saw do whatever role you can imagine in that work. So they understand that there's sort of torches being passed. And then I always mention the other ingredient, the other partner in the dance is the audience. Right. Because often as soon as that first humming starts, I've been buked and I've been scorned, people start cheering. And so that anticipation, even if you come to the stage a little bruised, <laughs> that anticipation and love that you feel from the audience makes you also understand 
the expectation and the joy that people feel about seeing this work. And for a performer, that's catnip. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So given that one of the through lines of the company is about social justice, it's not surprising that, you know, the education piece is critical. And I understand that um, as part of your visit to Los Angeles, uh, you'll be working with three middle schools in Compton with in-classroom residencies that focus on revelations. And then the kids who were uh, participating in the residencies will get to see an Ailey performance at the Music Center. How, I mean, how important is that, do you think, for the future of the company and the future of the audiences to go out into communities and bring the work to folks who have never probably seen it or even known about it? Yeah, it's extremely important. I mean, Alvin Ailey, we quote him, this quote from him often, dance comes from the people and should always be delivered back to the people, that that is a mantra that, that we live by. And so that, that we step off the stage and into the communities that we serve is extremely important. And not everybody that we expose to dance in different communities will become dancers, but they will become, you know, steadfast audience members. They will pass on the gift to their friends of seeing the company or being involved in some way or another. That's extremely important to the, the future of the company to, to do that kind of work. And it's the heart and soul of the company. This idea that, that we try to reach as wide of an audience as possible, but also the idea that Alvin Ailey didn't want this to be a highbrow kind of experience that was only for people who came into those spaces, that he, he wanted people who may have never gotten the opportunity to see dance or to experience it, to have not only the opportunity but the right to be a part of this and to come into those spaces and to, to feel that it's a part of who they are. It reflects the communities that we serve. Often that's what the dances are about. Uh, people who in some ways have been underserved or worse. And so to be doing that kind of work on stage and to be ignoring the very people who generate the purpose of the company, I think would be out of step. And so that's always been important and we were continuing to try to find ways to expand uh, the, the outreach. I mean, the last program that Alvin Ailey implemented before he died was Ailey Camp in mm. 1989. It started in uh, Kansas City and now I think it's in about 10 different cities across the country. And to imagine that he was facing his own demise. We know he died of AIDS. Right. Um, he chose Judas Jamison, first of all, to, to take over when he died. And but Ailey Camp, he started that in 1989. So it just gives you a sense of how important that work was to Alvin Ailey himself. Right, right. So um, in addition to having a lot of choreographers come to Ailey to create works on the company, my understanding is you're also interested in helping develop the next generation of choreographers. How do you do that? Well, you, you know... Well, one of the first things I did when I started is I uh, did um, the choreography lab. And 
to give opportunities to choreographers who wanted a safe space to fail, mm-hmm. who may have never tried a certain idea because they've been commissioned or they, they, you know, sometimes when you're commissioned, people want to basically see something like what they saw that made them want to commission you in the first place. And so it can sometimes not permit growth and exploration, and that's very important for creative artists. And so I started this program that, you know, I invite a couple of choreographers every semester to work with select students of the AOA school and to have about five weeks, I believe, choreographic exploration and also have a mentor or a choreographic advisor, somebody like Ron Brown or Law Lubavitch or Jawale Willow-Jozolar, just naming a few people who have been mentors or creative advisors to a choreographer who's working on something. That's important because, and I think part of it is driven by my own experience before I became artistic director. I had a small company, Battleworks. And so sometimes it was it was just hard to just investigate something without a dollar sign attached to that exploration in terms of, oh, I've got to finish this by this deadline. Oh, I've got to do this. And this kind of gives you the safe space to not have a deadline, to not have that kind of pressure. So we also did, for the first time, a choreography festival. Oh, great. Last year. Yeah, it was great. And Jawale sort of led the creative part of it, of having all of these different choreographers come back. A lot of them who did the, over the years, did the choreography lab. But it's always interesting to me because as a dancer, you can go and take class in several different places and you sort of interact with other dancers that are not just dancers in your company. And there's a sense that, that you can always check in and continue to learn and continue to explore together. That choreographers tend to become isolated. In some ways, the more successful you you are is exhibited by the more isolated you are in terms of having feedback, in terms Mm. of having a kind of community. So I just wanted to create something like that where choreographers get together. They may all have different processes and, and different ways of expressing dance, but they can be in a room where the guide, which is Jaole, is sort of having them investigate in other ways. I think that's so special. But more than that, they felt, I think, a sense of community. So those things I'm trying to continue to explore of how can we, as one of the leading companies, really look at the field and see where there are deficits that we can be a part of making better. Right, right. So it's been 60 years. What do you hope for? What are your dreams for the company for the next 60? Well, you know, it's wonderful because this piece that I commissioned with Rennie Harris, uh, Lazarus, it was so important because it's a work that's inspired by the life of Alvin Ailey. It's our first ever two-act ballet. It is important, I think, for us as an organization to remember the shoulders on which we stand. And even thinking about your first second question maybe did I ever get a chance to meet Alvin Ailey well, no I didn't and so many people and dancers and people on the staff and audience members didn't have that opportunity as well and so it's, it's very important for the 60s for us to look back understand where it all started hear the voice sometimes literally 
of Alvin Ailey, you know, to hear it from the horse's mouth instead of us just sort of interpreting us who didn't didn't know him. That was so important, and in a way that helps us see a way forward in that very dance. The first part of the two-act ballet that Rennie Harris has done, which is brilliant, he looks at the civil rights movement, he looks at issues that, in a way, was the impetus of Alvin Ailey sort of starting this company. And by the second act, the the refrain in the, in the lyrics is, he's alive. And what that said to me is that death didn't have the final word. Hmm. That because of, of the fact that it's embodied in all of us who love this company, including audience members, presenters, whoever it is, that he his vision that he still lives and carries this company forward in a way. So you asked a simple question, I'm giving the complicated <laughs> answer. So my vision for the company is that we we continue to expand it in the same way we did with the idea of the two act work with Randy Harris, that we continue to expand in terms of the arts and education programs, that we find even more ways to engage the communities that we serve, and that that uh, that it will just continue to go on and remain relevant for the millions of people who have seen the company and who bring their children and their children's children to see this company. We just have to keep the lights on and keep it moving forward. Well, we can't wait to see you guys. And thank you so much for taking the time today. And we will see you in L.A. shortly. We can't wait. Absolutely. <laughs> the audience is so incredible there at the Music Center. So we're excited. Excellent. Well, take care. You too. Bye.